Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the golden age of baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, journey. here's your host, host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, son, Mike Moynihan. Moynihan. Well, yo and hello, I am not Mike Moynihan. the golden age of cardboard but my name is don and i'm with don's field of dreams and mike graciously asked me to co-host with him and who better to have on than my good friend and fellow misfit george from diamond yard sports cards how are you george i'm doing great don how are you it's awesome to be hey. here and uh great for uh great for to see you hosting here guest hosting you know you're like you know you know when mike first asked me i thought he meant permanently and i was like oh hell no but <laughs> so I did a little research before we got on here, and I've been on Mike's show by myself eight times. You, my friend, have been on nine times, and together we have been on five times. This would be number six, and that doesn't count the three Hobby Palooza shows that Mike holds that we've been on together. But when Mike asked me to co-host this or host guest host it, who better to have than my my partner in crime on here, George. So thanks, Don. I think we should do what Kofax and Drysdale did and, and team up to try to get a better contract here and right. you know, negotiate together. Hopefully our results will be better. True. I got but so uh we wanted to do something a little different. So I saw a video on YouTube where Ted Williams, I believe George said it was around 94, picked it in his opinion, the 20 greatest hitters. And uh so we're gonna show cards of the 20 greatest hitters. Um, there's a couple of players that neither one of us have. And then when we, when we get to the top seven, it's going to be basically the George show because I don't have those cards. But, uh, and, and George, we got to remember that this is a podcast too. So we're going to, which I, when I'm on Mike's shows, I kind of forget. And I don't mention the cards. I just show them. So I can pretend like I have some of these cards for the podcast, <laughs> but they can't see it and just say, well, here it is. So, you got anything to say before we jump into this? Uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah. going to the list. Or we're we're going to start from 20 and go down, right? Right, yep. Yeah, I did some research on this as well and watched a video on YouTube. And I guess the Ted Williams Hitters Museum used to be in a certain place and, rec- and it was moved to uh, Tampa in 2005 in that, uh, in that ballpark there, I think. I'm not sure if it's in the Major League ballpark or the spring training of the Yankees. But um, it was interesting to me just generally looking at the, the – the list because it seemed to be people that were just prior to Ted Williams, like dead ball, some dead ball era guys. And then, then people that Ted Williams probably watched as a kid and idolized then people who were contemporaries of his. And then uh, people that uh, he may have played with, but they were much younger. And the list kind of stops with a last hitter who came up in 1973 um, on the list. But, you know, it, it just seems like, you know, there's there's a lot of people missing, but this is right in the golden age of cardboard wheelhouse. And you're not going to find uh, he didn't name any Negro League players. And I, I think he was operating just from the perspective of. of yeah, Major I mean, League there was really only, I believe, one player, only one player. And you mentioned the year on here that was before him or he didn't play with. And, um, for example, Tony Gwynn's not on the list. He's in the video that we took this from. And I originally told you that, yeah, he's on the list. But then when I went back and watched it, they just interviewed him. So that kind of surprised me. But like you mentioned to me the other night, this was kind of a big deal. They had a whole show with Bob Costas, you know, uh, being the, the the host. And and Stan Musial was there. And DiMaggio was there. And who else was there, George? I know there was a couple other guys. Oh, Mays was there. Uh, Kiner was there. Mantle was there. Yeah. These are guys that obviously would be on his list, but uh, and he said that he had some kind of and it was a big. It was a big deal. It was 1994, and uh, he had some magic 
like formula. This is before sabermetrics and all that. Right. And, and I came to the conclusion that his formula was generally on base percentage plus slugging percentage. So OPS. Um, it's not exactly that, but this list seems to track OPS. And there's certain biases that he has of players that he played with and he was very fond of. Um, but OPS seems to track at least the top few of them. And then all the guys on the list seem to be within that range for OPS all time. Right. Up to that point in time. So we're not going to have any. We're also not going to have Sadahara O on the list. We're not going to have Barry Bonds. And you don't get into the steroid guys. Although, holes, although in 94, he wasn't even around. But people yeah. are. Yeah. You know, Wade Boggs. And uh, oh, where was I going with this? And, and one obvious person he doesn't pick in the top 20 is himself but yeah we'll, we'll go over some of his cards so you know if we have some cards of these players we're going to show them if we don't you know we just don't have them um and, and uh, duplicates we do but you know again just something a little different i thought it was kind of cool to uh to go over that list and and maybe you know when mike posts this maybe he can put the link to that actual video yeah. yeah it was it was enlightening and i mean i thought that i you know knew a lot about ted williams and he was a big uh part of my collect he's been a big part of my collecting life and i had never really seen this and it was just yeah. cool to see like an i mean he's older obviously in 1994 he's in his mid-70s at least and dimaggio's coming out there and musial's out there and all these these legends um and tony gwynn was actually the only modern player that was invited to the ceremony i found out nobody oh, else really? that wasn't you know the guys that didn't pick him i really am for how close he was admired him and you know i guess tony would have been 10 or 11 years in his career which which seems like that would have been enough of a you know a track record to see where this guy was going but um but what's great about the video too it's not just that they name the players at the show. They break away from it, and Ted explains why he thinks these guys were so great, or or when he played against them, or watched them. And it, it's to me, it, I just thought it was fascinating, and that's why I wanted to do this. Yeah, and these all guys all got exactly what you're saying. All these guys all got plaques, and to see them, like to see Manol and uh, and Mays and and these guys like little kids, like. The, it was man. the Hall of Fame ceremony almost when they were handing the plaques. So I'm like, Babe Ruth's daughter. I mean, we're giving away some of the players here, but yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, these, yeah. Aren't, these aren't surprises. Like, mm -hmm. you didn't think these guys were on the list. Yeah, it was, it was like, you know, when EF Hutton talks, people listen, right? You know, it's, it's funny too. I was thinking about this. I was literally walking in my car, my parking garage for my job today, and I was thinking about this video, and I'm like, who else would have in today's world say, you know, Albert Pools is going to do his 20 greatest hitters of all time. You would think to yourself, that's a little presumptuous. Come on. Yeah. But with Ted Williams, you're like, yeah, I can see it. There's probably a handful of people, you know. Yeah. Babe Ruth said it. Maybe Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Ted Williams. Yeah, very wow. few. Yeah. And you go, okay. Like, how, who are we to argue with Ted Williams? And I don't think at the I'm time talking. anybody could argue that you know, he wasn't the, the greatest. Babe Ruth had died many, many years earlier. And you I don't know if anybody could argue that there was a better all-around hitter than Ted Williams alive right. for God knows how long. So let's get into players because I'm afraid that you and I could make this two hours. And we're almost 10 minutes in and we haven't shown a player yet. Let's show some cards. We're yeah, so number 20 on his list was Ralph Kiner. So I don't know if you have any cards of Ralph. I have a few here to show. Um, let me, I'll start off. I don't have any cards of Ralph Kiner, believe it or not. Um, or at least that are not easily accessible here, but this is something that's interesting. And I think you would like, uh, this came across from a collection. It's a Forbes field popcorn megaphone autographed by Ralph Kiner. Wow. That's very cool. And so this is a, you can see the signature there. I'm that's showing it. His um, signature too. Of this really kind of derelict looking pirate <laughs> from like the. Probably the 60s. but That's anyway. a good word to describe our team right now. But yeah, it says on the back of it, beat them bucks. Yeah, Ralph Kiner was just an amazing player. But in the Pirates, you know, Branch Rickey traded him to the Cubs. And he said, we came in last place with you. We can come in last place without you. And the Pirates were terrible then. <laughs> kind of like now. 
but uh you know he he was just amazing you know the the home runs he hit his first five or six years and he was a stud he was married or dated a bunch of hollywood movie stars california ended up becoming a new york med announcer for years but so i've got his i gotta remember to say this for the the podcast i got his 53 bowman nice beautiful card i got his 50 i need my readers on here it's 52 bowman and again i only collect his cards in pirate uniforms i don't have cubs and i really don't want indian cards for you know who up there uh <laughs> 53 connor tots what great i remember i bought this like three years ago i paid 75 bucks for it and i was just like do i do it do i pull the trigger i, I don't think so and now it's like i can't touch that card thank god it's 53 and 53 is just so sought after yeah and this is one of my favorites here the 1950 bowman what a great set. We discussed this before. That's a seven. That's an SGC seven, isn't it? Yeah. That looks really nice. It is. So that's a that's a great card of Connor. So you know it gets overshadowed a little bit by Clemente and Stargell and maybe even Hannes Wagner, but Connor's right up there is one of the greatest pirates of all time. Seven consecutive home run titles from the time he was a rookie. That's what it was. I knew there was something. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, imagine like a guy in today's world of like prospecting. Imagine a guy comes up and leads the National League in home runs seven consecutive years. Geez, that would, you'd be like, man, this guy is going to be better than Mike Trout, no yeah. doubt. Blowing Otani's contract out of the water. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, do we want to alternate players, or you can announce the next one? Sure. Um, the next one is the most modern player on his list, and again, this was in 1994. And so he chose as number 19, uh, you know, among, if not the greatest third baseman of all time, you know, no question in the top, like two or three, Michael Jack Schmidt, shout out to the guys in Philly, Ray from Philly and Mike O. Um, but Michael Jack Schmidt. Yeah. I, I got some cards from him and I, I did not disagree with this at all because like Kiner, uh, Mike Schmidt, I believe has as many home run titles as Babe Ruth. And, uh, you know, three MVPs, so he's just fantastic. Um, you know, Don, actually, what do you have for Mike Schmidt? That you nope. sure? To save time, I'm going to – because I'm afraid we're going to run way over. I've got his 74 and his 77. I don't have his rookie. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about the grades because I don't care about that, um, especially for the people on my podcast. But, but they're nice cards. And, and George is showing, okay, I'm a hypocrite. I was just <laughs> big guns as a seven SGC on the 74 and George pulls an 8.5 to top me. So, well, no, it's just, I, I mean, know, I'm just kidding what I chose, but it, but it's, is I, I like this card as I do most second year cards way better than the rookie. Yeah. And, and for me, without the stash going on there, it's yeah one of the rare cards without his mustache. I'm showing this one right now. It's 74 tops. Schmidt. Um, and I, it's just, it's really interesting. These cards 74. So there's a lot of the background of like spring training yeah. and uh, it's really just, I love the reds on it. Uh, there's a lot of like bold red colors to really cool. Um, I, I picked out, you know, here's a, here's a Slurpee coin from okay. back in the day. If you can see, um, that that was cool. And then, uh, you got some high grade, like eighties cards. Uh, this is back to back MVPs. He won the MVP in 1981. This is a PSA 10, and then he won the MVP in 1980, and I really yeah, like I click on you to make you, if I knew how. Sure. Well, you got it with it? Yeah, I like with it. Heck with it. Yeah, we could just blow it. Yeah, so this is a 1980 Schmidt in a 10, and I just love the, always love the the all-star logo. I know I talk about that often on this, but 80 set to me is just really killer set. But, I mean, you know, we grew up with Schmidt, and he was always just – Every year, he's the third baseman in the National League All-Star game. Every I mean, honestly, I, I wasn't a fan because, you know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a and I was a Pirates guy in the 70s, but and he hit his 500th home run in Three River Stadium. But as a motor and looking back, you know, so much respect, you know, how he's right up there. Yeah, and he wasn't uh, just doing this. Like, I mean, he won the MVP, I believe. Last time he won it was like in 89. Um 87 or 89. But anyway, I think he won the MVP when the Phillies were in last place. 
I'll take your word for that. I don't know. <laughs> All right. And number 18, another, in my opinion, very underrated guy in the hobby and Major League Baseball is Frank Robinson. Yeah. So Ted would have only played in the late 50s against him. And he yeah. might not have even played against him, except maybe, boy, I don't even know when Frank made his first All-Star game, but Frank was with Cincinnati at the time in National League. So possibly didn't even play against him. But Oh, I know. I think that 58 did that 58 All-Star set had a, had a uh, Topps All-Star set had a Frank Robinson All-Star. Okay. So maybe I, mean, I, I had not looking at the, the baseball reference or anything right now, but I imagine right. if he played against Robinson, it would have been in the All-Star game. Not in the regular season, um, but maybe spring training, you know, yeah. that. So I have a uh, bring out his rookie in 1957. Beautiful card. For a long time, this card was underrated, but I think it's gained some traction in the last couple of years. And along those lines, I, I was bidding on two of them the other day and I was looking at VCP, and in general, they're going up. A lot of yeah. other stuff going down. The Frank Robinson rookie is going up. And uh, the next two cards are two of my favorite. And the next one may be my very favorite card of Frank Robinson's, and that's the 1959. Mm. You know, sometimes just cards, you can't even explain it. They just, you look at and go, I love that card. You know, maybe because it's fielding and, you know, and, and it's so rare to see some of these all-time greats in a fielding pose. You know, they're always batting. And then, uh, like the 1965 as well. Yeah, those are two great sets, and I, I agree with you. Um, the, that 59, I just, I have an Aaron and 59, I'm going to show the circle. Yeah. And it's almost like you're looking through like the knot hole or whatever, like right. the, the knot hole. Um, this is a Frank Robinson I chose. It's a that's a great one too, the 64. Yeah, this is, this is a card that's been in my collection since I was probably about like nine or 10. I bought it at the card shop and I got it slab. I didn't care what grade it got. I knew it was going to get a low grade. I used to actually draw this picture of Frank really? Robinson like on my notebooks. And people are like, who's that guy? I'm like, Frank Robinson. And they're like, who's that? And I'm like, "You, we're not going to be friends. <laughs> anyway, and this is the last one I got. It was, this is, I got this reholder. This is one of the first higher grade vintage cards I ever bought. And it was a PSA 860 Frank Robinson. And uh, my father-in-law has a story about how, you know, he was a Phillies fan and he was so elated when Frank Robinson got traded uh, away from the Phillies or away from the, the Reds, to the American league. So that the poor Phillies didn't have to get abused by him all the time. And I think Frank's one of those players that just has so many great cars. There's some guys that some of the cards are okay. Some are great. Some aren't that great. There's so many of his cards I love. So the next guy, I believe neither one of us has the cards. I know I definitely don't. But this was kind of a surprise guy to the both of us. Number 17 was Harry Howman. Yeah, I uh, I did some research on Howman, and I don't have, if I have any, they're like 61 Fleer, uh, 60 Fleer, greats of the game. Right. Um, but what I found out, and I'm sure you did too, did you research Harry Howman a little bit? Uh, I don't do research for any of these videos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, when he retired, I guess he was just really prolific and, you know, won four batting titles and, among like six guys to win four batting titles in the American League, along with guys like you know, Sisler, uh, along with guys like Rod Carew, Ty Cobb, but he was like I guess they say he hit the ball the hardest of anybody in his time, except for Babe Ruth. Um, but he was slow, like really slow. Okay. And so his nickname was Slug, I guess for the fact that he was slow and he could slug. Right. Pretty cool. cool. But, uh, yeah, Harry Heilman, I, I think, is, you know, the more I look into it, the more I think he's probably pretty underrated considering if Ted Williams thought highly of him, uh, maybe we all should reexamine him a little bit. wonder, yeah, and, again, I haven't looked at any of his cards on eBay or VCP, but I wonder if those are cards that are pretty reasonable maybe because other people don't realize how good he was. That's true. Um, seems like, you know, again, I'm not an expert on Harry Heilman cards, but – um, I am. Uh, he he. I don't. He wasn't in. He was kind of in that spot where there weren't a whole lot of cards of him. Uh, right. Okay. There is. He didn't play in '33. His last year was '32, and he retired because he apparently got a like a bum wrist, an arthritic wrist, and he retired at 37 um, after sitting out a season. But he couldn't 
couldn't do anything anymore. And I guess, you know, modern science would have been helpful to that. But according to baseball reference here, I mean, he was in the top 15 MVP voting on seven occasions and in the top 10 on five occasions, if that tells you how prolific he was. Okay, we've got to move on to the next guy. We'll never get through all these. But I'm a little surprised the next guy on the list. At number 15 was Johnny Mize. I would, if you if I hadn't seen this video and you said pick the 20 guys, Howman and Mize would not have been on there. So I've yeah. got 52 tops. Yankee. Mm-hmm. That's a- 52 Bowman. Oh. 51 Bowman. No, it's 52. Is it 52? Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's all right. I read the top. That's how I knew. So I don't mean to do you have any Johnny Mize cards? Um, again, I don't have any like around that I've really like pulled out we're or anything blow over him for the sake of time. What's that? Well, we're going to blow past him then for the sake of well, time. I, I know that he, that Mize had, uh, I had a 52, but I mean, just another amazing hitter, uh, high on base percentage. And, uh, you know, obviously Williams thought a lot of him and we skipped over Mel Ott too. I think Mel Ott was number Oh 16. my, we did. And, uh, yes. You know, we're, we're on another situation here where um, I, I had Mel Lots in the past. Uh, I recently had a 33 Gaudi consignment, and I thought about keeping the green Ott, uh, the one that's the portrait, that's gotten a lot of traction lately, uh, really. But um, I, I don't know have- George, because there is a whole another side of this. Just here's the podcast. We're going to just say we have all these cards. <laughs> um, but you do people... They already know. <laughs> Podcast people might not know. They're like, wow, they're really showing. They have all these guys showing some great cards. <laughs> we don't have. But, yeah, Master Melvin, uh, another contemporary of, of, well, no, he was ending his career. Well, I'm not surprised you don't have his card. I know you said you had it, but with the, how great your collection is, I, I will, that's not one of the guys I thought you wouldn't have. Mm. So I'm bummed about this next one because I looked everywhere for this card. I can't find it. I, I cleaned up the car room and put it in a box. And number 14 is Al Simmons. And I have his 34 Diamond Stars card. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not graded. That's probably why I can't find it. Because it gets stuck in a box. But um, So I, I'm upset with myself that I can't find it. But Al Simmons, uh, Philadelphia A's, I believe is with the Chicago White Sox. Probably another underrated player. Oh, I think so, too. I mean, it, you know, again, I'm looking at baseball reference, MVP voting top top five, four times, um, top like 11, like seven times. You know, Al, yeah, Al Simmons, I had a 35, four and one, um, Mickey Cochran, Al Simmons, that I sold recently, um, but it was it paying me to sell it. It was a really nice card um, and a really colorful card. But yeah, Al Simmons, I mean, Gosh, you know, it's right during the time of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, and you think if it wasn't for Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in the American League, you know, maybe people would be talking more about Al Simmons. Um, right. Just put up, like, 165 RBIs one year, 152 years. This is a really prolific hitter for both teams. You know, he went to a couple different places, but obviously, and I was on the Philadelphia A's, which they were, like, one of the greatest teams, a dynasty, even amid, amid the Yankees, the Yankees right. did not want to play them. All right. So number 13 is Tris Speaker. Let's see what you got, George. I only have one card of his. Uh, I've got a few cards here, but I'll tell you that the one card that I really would love to get by Speaker is the Cracker Jack. Mm. Uh, that's just, he's got the glove kind of in his back pocket. Right. And great card. Do I have some shirt of anybody? What's that? You have Cracker Jack cards of anyone? I do not. I've been trying to pick up a few, but they're quite pricey. Yeah. Uh, here's a couple strip cards. Here's a 1923. Uh, it's a W515 Tris speaker, and uh, it's just authentic. But this set's kind of uh, comic bookish. It looks really a lot like the comic book drawings yeah. of um, of of the time and afterward. Like the Walter Johnson, they all kind of comic book ish. This is a more classic <clears throat> speaker pose. It's a 1920 W516 where he's squatting down. Oh, I like that. Kind of, kind of when I think of speaker, I think of this kind of this pose and the Cracker Jack pose. 
Um, and, you know, what a great hitter. I mean, is the all-time leader in doubles, I believe. You know, again, this you can't argue uh, and with, with Trish Speaker being in this group. And, frankly, it could even be higher. Uh, this is kind of a rare one. This is the last one I have. It's a W520, 1920 Trish Speaker. And it's just authentic, but there aren't too many of these graded. I mean, cool. I like that. Yeah, I think there's probably only about two or three or four of these that are that are slabbed by PSA in any grade. And it's kind of funny too. Last thing on the back of it, somebody wrote W five twenty, circa nineteen twenty. Right on the card. <laughs> yeah, right. On, just so you know, but these trip cards are really neat. But uh, this was, yeah, was before grading, so you had to, you didn't know. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Yeah. So here's my one. I have the 1914 Polo Grounds. Oh, wow. Playing card. It's got the actual Polo Grounds in the back. Oh, that's neat. That's really neat. And, I mean, yeah. is that is that your oldest card in your collection? No. Um, my oldest is a T205 Christy Matthewson. So, you know, I I love pre-war. I just, I just don't have many of them. And I'm not very knowledgeable about it. You know, I try watching some of these other guys that, know a lot and you know you just mentioned w something 560 you know the caramel card the england card I, that's just beyond me well um, actually this is an interesting segue i'm just going to say about this real quick these strip cards um i started buying these because i was too i didn't want to go down the rabbit hole of t206s uh -huh. so i started buying these strip cards uh, because they were a lot cheaper. Um, you could even get into a Ruth. I, I got, there's a Cobb here I bought for a hundred bucks and got it slapped. Um, now, you know, they're, they're, they've gone up a lot. They're not as expensive as the T206s, but they're also not cheap. Right. Um, there was a time though, about five to six years ago, you could pick these up and people would be selling them and you, and you knew they were going to pretty much get slabbed as authentic, but they're really colorful. Um, they don't have any stats on the back and they were really like pushed aside, you know, by, by a lot of collectors and ignored for a long time. Um, and that's frankly why I got into them because the T206 stuff was really pricey. Right. At that time, I thought it was. Now, yep. it's like a lot more pricey. I like two of them. The first one you showed, I'm not a big fan of the cards where it looks like they're wearing lipstick. But each is own. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's all kinds of cards where they look like they don't really look like the player that they're portraying to be. It's just a generic picture. All right. All right, brother, we're going to move on. We're, well, we're going to get, we're going to be okay. Yeah, we'll be fine. So number 12, I honestly thought this guy was rated a little low until I went back and looked at the list of the people ahead of him. And I'm like, I, I don't see who I would bump. And that's, that's Mickey Mantle, number 12. I agree with your sentiments completely. I, I think it's, you think, wow, you know, Mickey Mantle's 12, but yeah, he's, you know, could be, who are you going to bump on this list? Right. No. Um, and, and Mantle, you know, he's the greatest switch hitter of all time. So I don't know what you ha what you have. I'll, I'll just start showing some cards. Yeah, I thought Eddie Murray was. Maybe. <laughs> no. Here's a 63 SGC6. Nice. This is from a collection that I can sign. I actually kept this one. This is from the childhood owner of this collection. Um, it was a really nice six. And, you know, I love the blue I, and green on that. It just. Yeah, it's it's neat. And the Dover, I had the Dover reprints book when I was a kid. And that was one of the cards in there. Here's the classic. You want to throw one up? All right. I'll, I'll go with uh, I got the 66. Nice. Nice copy. Six and six tops. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a fifty-six mantle. That's one of the ones I was gonna show, so I'll throw mine up. Yep. Three. You have a three, and I have a three point five. And this three is beautiful. There's you won't be able to see it on here, but this corner has a little bit of spidering. The gel mm -hmm. here. I mean, this thing looks so sweet. Yeah, it is nice. It is nice. Um again. Yeah, this, you know, you for the podcasters on here, I, I, I've built my own display cases. And when I sit them in there, I'm not right on top of it. You know, I'm three <laughs> feet away, and it, they just burst. They look great. Yeah, here's a mantle I bought. This is a 54 Bowman mantle, and it's a oh, 4.5. Right. I would love to have that one. Yeah, I love this card. Um, the, the dealer thought it should grade a 6 in Long Beach. He subbed it to PSA on a Thursday. They got it back to him on a Saturday. Instead of a six, he got a four point five. He was pissed. 
And I said, hey, I'll buy that card. I love <laughs> cards off of piss guys. They just created. They're like, oh, no, get it out. Fine, I'll take it. And then this you last the fifty-three or the fifty-five, Bowman. Uh, no, I have. Well, I have a fifty-five Bowman. Um, I mean, you might not have it in front of you. I just no, I had it here. Uh, I just had it. Um, it was a Beckett slab. I'll show this one while I look for it. Here's a card I picked up at the National. Shout out to Dave Blue Jacket '66. It's a Red Heart SGC 4.5. It's a really nice one. Yeah, I, I thought this was a really nice copy. Um, really blue. There's a probably a little, there's a little baby wrinkle on the top, I think, and I think that's what makes it a 4.5. But like you said, from a distance, man, it, it looks it looks nice. Yeah. So, um, I will continue to look for that mantle if I find it. But it was a Beckett mantle, and I bought it because. Uh, it was a good deal. And right. uh, sometimes Beckett Slabs have good cards in them. You just go look at the card. Well, I'm let's this set for every player that I can because I'm a big fan of the 64 top stand up. And I don't think oh. they the love they deserve. We can show them. And, great, uh, great so set. Great. And the backs are, are blank. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some, I don't know if that was a comeback there. I, I, honestly, I don't know the history of these cards, but who cares? This is what I look at. Well, sometimes PSA will put a piece of plastic in between the card and the... Yeah, this one doesn't have that. This is great. Card. Mm -hmm. Creates this kind of oil-looking okay. thing, but it's there's nothing wrong with anything. So you have any more mantles there in front of you? Uh, here's, this is a nicely centered low-grade mantle. It's a 61. I like this mantle. I like yeah, this, I this set. Um, this is a really nicely centered one. It just has a little crease in the upper corner that makes it a four. But, uh, you know, finding a nice 61 card is tough because fish eyes and all kinds of stuff. But this was a really nice low-grade one. Um, so I just decided, well, why not pick it up? Do you have most of Mantle's run? I mean, I know you don't have the rookie. Or maybe no, you don't know I, I've been looking for the 51 Bowman Mantle for a while. Um, obviously, the 52 is out of reach. Was the 53? 53. Well, if James would have traded me his 53 at the National, it would be fine. James. <laughs> Can't rely on that guy for anything. Lee Hunters. Next on the list, what are we at? Number eleven. Big shout out to uh, Brian B. Roth and uh, oh my gosh, I just Sean Sean Tiford. Thank you. I apologize, Sean, if you watch this for that. This is their their guy, and that's that's Hank Greenberg. Number eleven. So I only have one card of his. So that's the. Uh, Play ball. That set, you're gonna see some play balls here in a little while. And man, what a set. Last year was with the Pirates, and we started off with Ralph Kiner, and he was really influential in helping Ralph Kiner with his career. That there's no cards that I know of, of him in a pirate uniform. There's some photographs and things. Um but was he what he was with the Indians, right? As well, I think. I don't think so. As a general manager. Oh, maybe it's a general manager. Yeah. He was, from what I've read, he was not a cool general manager. He was tough on the players. Well, he probably had high expectations for them, you know? No, I mean more financially. Like oh. I think Larry Kobe and negotiating with those guys. Gotcha. Uh, I have one hand Greenberg here. I've had others in the past, uh, different types, but this is from, uh, from B-Roth. I told him I was looking for a Greenberg rookie, and he – Hooked me up with this one. That's oh, a beautiful. I love that card. And it's an SGC 1.5. Yeah. But it's, Tell the podcast audience what year that is. What uh, 1934 Gaudi, uh, Hank Greenberg. And, uh, you know, it's got that marine green background. The centering's really good. There's a, there's a corner crease on the upper right-hand corner. But other than that, the green, like, background is really what makes it for me. And it's really cool to me because you have this guy who's one of the greatest first basemen of all time. And at the bottom – says Lou Gehrig says right. and you know like you get two of the top like five first basemen of all time right there yeah you got Lou Gehrig and Ted Williams saying he's one of the greatest ever yeah he's so cool. big fan of that big fan of Hank Greenberg um you know lost years to the war uh just I think highly respected in the hobby and this card's gotten a lot of traction too lately because people are recognizing the importance of Greenberg it's just a beautiful card all right, number 10, the Say Hey Kid, Willie May. 
We'll go ahead. Right. <laughs> Let's see what I have. You can't say no to this. You knew that he would have to put him on the list. Absolutely. <clears throat> Dude, oh, man. Put him on any list of all-time, all-time best arm, all-time best fielder, all-time best base runner. Top five, yeah, five total player. Yeah, everything. And, and you know, the closest I think that come to him is Ken Griffey Jr. I'm not saying that he was a better hitter than Barry Bonds. Uh, I'm talking about five tool. Mm-hmm. Griffey was a better fielder than Bonds. Maybe yeah. a better arm. Questionable on the arm. Yeah, when Trout was younger, he was kind yeah. of like this too. Um, right. He be a lot of bags. What do you have there, George? The well, I'll, I'll do this one for you, Don. Since you love guys kneeling with bats, this is not 54 Bowman. But here's a Willie Mays 63 Fleer. Just happened to be holding one of those. <laughs> I was going to show that card. I'm like, George won't show this card. I'll pull it out. Well, I was I thinking about how you love guys kneeling with bats. And I'm like, this is one of the first higher grade cards I bought way back in the day. Um, you know, yeah, at, at PSA 8, I got an SGC 4.5. But that's hilarious, dude, that I was like, I'll, I'll pick something different. I think, we, your, I think your 4.5 is better centered than this eight, frankly. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nice. It's got a little rounding on the corners, but that's all right. What else do you got, Don, for the say hey kid? Uh, 55, Bowman. Mm. Wow, that's a great card. This set, you know, I think a lot of us have said this has really grown on me. I'm a big fan of it now. Uh, oh, yeah. 57. I've been looking for a nice 57. I don't have the whole run of maze. But um, I've been looking for a nice 57 for a while. I'll you this one for 10 grand. Hey, that's only overpriced by about $9,000. Yeah. And then, like I said, I was going to keep showing as many of these as I can. And oh, yeah. 64 top stand up. I love the angle on that, too, because you can tell his body, like it's almost like a, it's a higher angle, you know? Yeah. Um, like his legs are kind of shorter because they're showing the, the perspective there. What I need to do, and I never have, you know, a lot of these cards, there's photos that these were taken from. Mm-hmm. That might be a project for me to do sometimes, see if there's there's photos of those guys. So what else you – I got two more mazes here. I got a 53. This is a 53. Wow, a dream card that I want. In a PSA 3. Yeah. Um, got this a long time ago. I got a reholder uh, not that long ago. But uh, just, you know, a cool card. It's a short print. Um, I know the 52 tops has a lot of traction, but this, this card's pretty tough too. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it's as valuable as a 52 because 52 has all this cachet, but it's a short print. It's a tough card. It is a tough card. And that's um, what I was going, talking about with the 64 top standup that you can find the photo of that card. Yeah. And they're, they're hard to come by. I mean, you're right. good thing. You put it together when you did last card I have is a maze rookie. It's a PSA 2.5. And I uh, wish I get in light maybe a little bit. But anyway, this is a really nice copy. Uh, it's not, you know, it's a lower grade copy, but yeah. there's no right. notes on it, no print marks. It's centering is good. Um, so when it came up, this is probably like five years ago. I was like, I got to buy this now because I'm not going to find one that looks like this. It's a lower grade probably. George, what is the story behind that card? What is, is that a big tarp? I guess it is. I see in the bottom corner that looks like there's a rope. Yeah, I've always thought it was a tarp there, and there's always a tree or something. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. weird. I mean, I love the card, but yeah, the the card can look really washed out. But for me, and it's weird, the New York on his cap that's in orange has a lot to do to, with me with how good the card is. Like if it pops, you know, the colors pop. Right. But anyway, yeah, fifty fifty one Bowman. Um, the two great rookie cards of two of the greatest players of all time. So 51, um, 51, my fault. Yeah. All right. I'll let you slide. You have the card. You can call it whatever you want to call it. <laughs> well, let's get to Henry. All right. Go ahead. Hammer and Hank. Number nine. Number nine, Hank Aaron. And you know, one thing Hank Aaron said about his relationship with Willie Mays is like, like it's like DiMaggio's relationship with Williams, you know, they're just intertwined. And, uh, you know, he always said, he's like, you know, Willie will admit it. I'm a better hitter than he is. And Ted Williams thought that way, too. Um, and I agree with him. I think Hank Aaron's the most consistent hitter of all time. Here's one I got. It's a 60 Hank. He knows him to show this. I knew you were going to show that one. 60 Hank Aaron in an eight. 
Um, love the colors. You how hard that is to get centered. It's yeah, it's hard. There's no PSA tens of this card. Not that we're talking grades, but right. so like in eight genre, you're in like 200 or less cards of this card, and like there's like 4,000 of them graded. But anyway, what do you have from Henry? Uh, one of my favorite cards is the 61. Mm -hmm. Again, goes back to uh, I don't know, maybe I just don't like cards where they're batting. <laughs> it's back to him throwing the ball with something unique. And uh, and I, I just pulled three of them. But again, the 55 Bowman. Oh, beautiful. Love that card. And when you, by the way, when you look at that 61, yeah. uh, you know, you see how skinny he is. Like, he's really looks kind of skinny. Oh, yeah. Look at his face, like in the 76 tops, the end of his career. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's definitely. Although, George, you could probably say that about all of us. <laughs> anyway. um, the 57 is another one of my favorites, the reverse. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, like I said, I was going to keep showing the set. So as long as they're on the list, I'm going to show it. There it is. Henry Aaron. Man. But you ever see that video? There's a video of him hitting the ball up the middle. And it's from behind home plate. And you just see his wrist snap. And it's a high pitch. And he almost kills the pitcher. If anybody, if you've never seen this video, he just hits it like, like 140 miles an hour right up the middle. And the pitcher's like, ah! And, I mean, it's just a great picture of, like, I never saw Hank Aaron play, right. but how strong his wrists were. And it's like, here, this line drive is, like, scary. Yeah. And, you know, I don't talk about this a lot on my channel because I'm a musical Clemente fan, but I love Hank Aaron, too. He's probably my third on my list. And just the – crap he went through and how nice of a guy he seems like he is mm -hmm. and, and you know you take away all those home runs he still had 3,000 hits amazing unbelievable you know he's known as at the time the all-time home run hitter and yeah. I'm, I'm with you totally man I'm gonna show two more cards yeah and this is no joke these are cards I got when I was a kid one I got when I was in eighth grade and I graduated from eighth grade and the other one I got in my local card shop when I was probably about 14 years old and I said to myself, this 1959 card, I got this when I was 14 years old, the card shop for like $24. And it was a lot of money at the time for me. But I said, I've never seen a card that looks this good that was a 1959 card. And it was a Hank Aaron. And I got it graded like in 2007. And it got an eight. And I was like, holy shit. And you bought that as an eighth grader at a card shop? I bought this when I was like in sixth grade, seventh grade-ish. Right. Yeah, but... I was like, man, this is like really a. You have any idea what you paid for it? Yeah, twenty four bucks. Back, you know, I was like, you know, but it it got great. Twenty four bucks. He must have been rich. Yeah, and why I had to save up for like a month? I couldn't buy a Nintendo cartridge, man. I had to buy the Hank Aaron. And this is my this is the last I'm going to show for Henry Aaron. This is my rookie oh, card. Oh shit! All right. And this is a six. I'm not gonna let you show. Okay. And I, I bought this. I got, I got this from you do it. Double double Henry Aaron's. Double Henry's. I'm that's, a, a beautiful, that's a beautiful card. Well, so is yours, man. No, it's but it, this is just I always thought to myself when I was growing up, this was like a dream card. Oh, and, absolutely. When I got this card in the mail, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I've done a video on this. This is one of my top three cards in my collection. Yeah, this is yeah, this is in my in my Mount Rushmore of my collection as, as well. Um, but anyway, that was great to have us both show that. All right, we flexed a little bit there. <laughs> Joe Jackson. All right, show your uh, – I don't have cards of this guy. Show your Joe Jackson now. Okay. Uh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shoot. The freaking movie named that, or my channel named it the movie is about Joe Jackson. But to get his cards, man, there's only a few of us that have those. So, yeah. Um, what is it, Standard and Bar that uh, that Andrew Nuff said cards has? I think Dave has the card. Um, or Mangini probably has one. Yeah, I, I, I know what kills me, and this is a Joe Jackson story. What kills me is that about three or four years ago, four years ago, I was looking, I told you about strip cards being cheap. Yeah. And there's a Joe Jackson strip card. And it's a really cool looking like image. It's got a yellow background. 
And I said to myself, and it came up right before a Long Beach show that I was going to. And it was, I don't know, I think it was an SGC authentic, but it looked like it was in really good condition. And you can actually just cut the corner off or cut the where the lines are and probably get a grade. And it went for like 1800 bucks. And I didn't buy it because I was saving for the show. And then now the card's eight to $10,000 and untouchable. So uh, Joe Jackson, though, on this list, I mean, you, you, you know. So if you had a Hall of Fame vote and he was eligible, or do you think he should be eligible? Would you obviously? Oh, he's eligible. Yes, if he's eligible, yeah, he's in. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think he should be eligible. Um, you know, if Ali Rose is eligible, he's in. Uh, the all-time hit king, you know, Joe Jackson, one of the top. Is and Ted Williams has him as number eight. So I guess we got to get going here, and we All should right, move to seven, which is my guy. So if you don't watch my channel or know anything about me, I'm a huge Stan Musial fan. And this is another guy I thought Ted would have higher, not because I like him so much, but there's so many videos. First of all, they're contemporaries, and they had a ton of respect for each other. One that they felt Stan felt Ted was the best hitter in the American League, and Ted felt Stan was the best hitter in the National League in those times. And and there's plenty of videos of those guys talking on here. But again, who are you? Who who are you going to get rid of that's ahead of them? No one. And, uh, you know, I'm from Western Pennsylvania, and so is Stan, and I think that's part of my connection to him, and I'm Polish, and so was he, and just that's what I love. So I can show tons of stuff on him, but I'm curious to see what the guy that had the same amount of hits at home and the same amount of hits on the road. Well, I don't want to show anything that you're going to show. Here's a modern card. This is a autographed um, Upper Deck Baseball Heroes 2005. The card's a PSA 10. Stan Musial autograph number 20. Autographs look good then because a few years later, they were bad. Yeah. yeah, a little modern Stan. So why don't you show us your 58? My 58. You have a 58? The All-Star card? That's autographed? I thought you had a 58 All-Star autograph of Stan. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Sorry. No. I just picked some different things. I picked the 62. Oh, yeah. Uh, exhibits card. Beautiful. Uh, I went with a couple of the Red Man. That's a great set, man. Yeah. I and I, I really wanted the tab on the back. This is the 52. Mm -hmm. And then I have the, uh, the 53 that I haven't had graded yet, but it has the tab. So is the difference the back? Oh, the color of the background. Yeah. The right Same pose. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite card of his, and one of my favorite cards in my collection. I think a lot of people would agree. You know, Stan did not have a lot of cards, which which sucks because he didn't have all those Bowman cards. He didn't have. He didn't have the '56 tops, but uh, the Red Heart. He didn't have many, but he had a great one. That's awesome. That's such a cool card. Red Heart makes another appearance. Yep. How about you, George? What do you have? Uh, here's a 49 Bowman and a 4.5. Nice blues. I bought mine off of uh, JT at the National. Nice. Did you get you got it at the, the Atlantic City and National? I did. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when you got it? It was awesome. This is one of my better cards uh, in my collection. Stan Musial rookie in a 6.5. Um, got this card years, years ago, like 2000, like eight years ago. Um, then, you know, the market was low and people, it still was an expensive card at the time, but it wasn't anywhere near what it is now. Um, the card would have been so much better. He's kneeling. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. But this card, uh, yeah, at the time I got it, it was the only 6.5. I think now there's like five of them or something. But anyway. Um, I was just happy to, to, to get this card when I did. I actually had a PSA 2 that I sold Rick at the National. Um, that lucky duck. It was a nice card. I know what card you're talking about. That was a nice card. So let's move on to Ty Cobb. Okay, this is where this becomes the George show. Because I don't have any cards of the next six players. So we're going to let George take over. Oh, I don't have – I mean, I'm not a huge, huge Ty Cobb guy. But um, here are some of the strip cards – but they're really nice. I bought this for like a hundred bucks and got it graded. And uh, it's a 1926 uh, Ty Cobb. He was a manager at the time. 
Now I know you don't like the the guys. Yeah, like, I don't love that card. You don't love that card, but it's it does look like Ty Cobb. I mean, it's very he's got a very maniacal look. And I mean, I'm not saying if the price is right, and I yeah. have no Ty Cobbs that I wouldn't buy it. But the background too is really like black cherry. It's a really nice copy. But anyway, threw lipstick on the dude. Yeah, I'm not I'm not convincing you, am I? No. No, I'm not. All right, here's one you'll like. Here's another strip card, 1920 W516. Yeah, this is Cobb Fielding, and it really looks like Cobb. Uh, this is a really good copy, I feel. It reminds me of the Cracker Jack cards. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's and it's it's authentic because they uh, you know don't like to give grades to these. They're, they're a little bit short. They won't give them grades. Right. But I picked this up last December, and they just don't come up very often. Uh, Population is pretty low. And then uh, last Cobb card. <clears throat> I got to do a video on this, so maybe my video will come out before this comes out. But this I picked up in Anaheim. It's a T206 Red Cobb uh, and a 2.5. It was an old grade um, SGC green flip. And then the, I, I traded, make a trade with a guy, and then I got it reholdered. But it was just really, it was really nice looking. Do you have the green background? What's that? Do you have the green one? No, this is the only one I have. Okay. That's um, beautiful. That's a great looking two point five. Yeah, I thought so too. I, that's why I said I I did what I could do to get this card off this guy, and you know I just traded him like three items um, for and some cash. Uh, but the more items I traded him were not rare. This is not rare either, but right. I just wanted to find a good copy. So yeah, I don't see you know Ted Williams, Ty Cobb. I mean you know he had to be on the list. So we got to keep going, I guess. Number five. Yeah, I'm gonna let you run with it, brother. Okay. I don't want this to be like me showing. No, I mean, I'll time run, but okay. So Joe DiMaggio, Joe DiMaggio is one of my favorites. I've been trying to buy the Gaudi Joe DiMaggio. Here's a Leaf, uh, 48 Leaf Joe DiMaggio in a four. Um, it's really green and really pretty well centered. Uh, I just think this card is awesome, and the set's awesome, frankly. Um, and along with Ted Williams, you know this, and I'm just going to show Ted Williams with this. These to me are two of the most beautiful cards in the hobby. Um, oh, that's the uh, the play ball, play ball Ted Williams. Oh, no, no, the in a the, four, and there's the Joe DiMaggio in a four. Yeah, the one where he's batting. Yeah, so I mean, these to me, like, Doc, only get one, that's probably the one I'd go after. Well, I'll tell you this this card, this Williams card of 41 play ball, is super undervalued still. Yeah. It really is. You can get into a nice copy, like a one to a two. And it is just a great card. It's so beautiful. I think it's his most beautiful card, frankly. Uh, but Joe DiMaggio is who we're talking about. And, I mean, this, like, Midnight Blue, Joe DiMaggio. I'm going to show you one more card. It's a 40-play ball. Um, and it just it's great, but it's not as not as striking as the 41. Anyway, Joe DiMaggio, last card I'm going to show is a 5.5 of a 40-play ball DiMaggio. Yep. Uh, this is the only 5.5 that's out there, actually. By just the black, the actual photograph of it. Yeah, and it has a little pennant right there, like like you have an all star game thing, a little pennant. Notice that. Yeah. Or just no, all the Yankees have it. Um, it's kind of a cool thing. But anyway, it says 1939 pennant on it, uh, and that's a 5.5. I actually bought this right when COVID happened, and I'm like, I got to buy this card now because something. <laughs> Cause it's going to go up probably. And again, anyway, something new every time I go on with someone, that's cool. I, I didn't know about that. Sentence. So uh, next one is Rogers Hornsby. Uh, do you have a, the, the Fleer card of Rogers Hornsby? I on my list, I, I want the 33 Gowdy where he's fielding. Mm -hmm. where he's also like standing up against the fence, but I want the one where he's leaning down. There you go. You talking about that one? That is it. No, I'm, not, I'm just, this is one of the first vintage old, this is the first pre-war card I bought when I got back into the hobby years ago. Uh, I got it reholdered, and it's a four. Uh, I just thought this was such a cool card. I wanted it since I was a kid. And back then, this card was like $200, maybe 160 bucks. It wasn't that much. It's not like the card's like $2,000 now or anything. But yeah, it's just a wonderful set. And so this is the, the only Hornsby... Other than that, I have other than this, I'll show you this. This is a uh, autograph cut of Hornsby. It's, oh, in, cool. it's a what picture, and it's a picture from a magazine. It's like a thick picture, but it's autographed by Hornsby. 
Oh, that's cool. And I bought it years ago. Well, not years ago, maybe three years ago, something like that. I just thought to have Rogers Hornsby sign something that's a picture of him is kind of hard to find. But, you know, he had to, like, this guy was obviously on the list big time. Look at that. That that, that was in bubble wrap. That's how special that is. <laughs> well, the slab is bigger than normal, but anyway. <laughs> so uh, the next guy on the list is Jimmy Fox, which was strange to me. Not strange, but, I mean, he's the number three hitter all time that Ted Williams has on the list. Yep. And this is the only Fox that I have. Uh, Mangini has a lot of Fox cards. Right. This is a 41 play ball. Again, love the play ball set. So many awesome stars in it. You showed the Greenberg. Here's the Fox. Williams, DiMaggio, um, Hubble's in it. You know, this is a great set. Dr. Beckett talks about how it's his favorite set, and I think it might be mine. <laughs> I, I'm with you. The, uh, the Bobby Gore in that set is one of my favorite cards that I own. Just the oh, yeah. Amazing. All these great nicknames and stuff on them, yep. too. And the Art Deco. Like, you know, Scott with Rick. Scott Reindeer Studios, this 41 play ball satchel page. Honestly, he. Uh, how do I do this? There's my Clemente Musial that he made for me that he, he made after he made yours. Yeah, 41 uh, play ball uh, satchel page. Right there. So, so what do you think of the the, the Gaudi Fox where he where he's a he's catching mask off and I don't know. A lot of people like it a lot. I, one of my favorites of his. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Sounds bad. Um, I like the card. I can't deny that the card is awesome. But at the same time, um, I, I'm just – it's not one I'm searching for right now. Right, right. Uh, if I'm Diamond Stars, I'm searching for Lefty Grove right now, uh, which I believe I, I just screwed up tonight and got outbid on one that I was trying to buy. But anyway. It's a nice one because you texted me a photo of it, so I know what you're talking about. Well, my internet on my phone went down. I'll bid for you. <laughs> okay, so Lou Gehrig, do you have the any of the Fleer Lou Gehrigs or anything like that? Nope. I have a few Lou Gehrigs. Um, I'll show you. I'll just go straight to these. This is a 34 Gowdy Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig says that Lou Gehrig is great. Yeah, right. Uh, it's a PSA three. I got this years ago, um, back when they were more reasonable. Um, but this is the one I wanted actually. This is the one I liked more. The the this is the uh, 61 versus the yellow. But then over the years, I thought, man, I probably need to add a yellow. Oh, numbers card number 61. <clears throat> yeah, it's card number 61. And this is the other one in the set, but this is not. Uh, this is not 34 Gaudi. This is 34 Worldwide Gum. I remember you getting that card. Yeah, the kids, the Canadian version. And frankly, this is far more rare. There's only like 35 of these graded total. Um, Gehrig had one card in the Worldwide Gum set. Ruth had one card, but it looks just like the the 34 Gaudi. So these two together are are pretty cool. Um, but I, I do not have the Gaudi of the of uh, the 34. I don't have the the yellow of the 34 Gaudi, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Lou Gehrig, he's number two on his, on Ted Williams list. I mean, that says a lot. And I know that, you know, he's, I don't know who's more productive in the time they had than Lou Gehrig. I mean, his RBI totals are just insane. His batting average is insane. So, I mean, what he, the reason, you know, the reason we have three and four, I mean, he's number four because he was the number four hitter, right? Right. Yep. That's all they did it back then. So I think most people know who number one's going to be. But yeah, you have any issue with that? With that? You have any issue with number one? I do not. Except for maybe the guy that made this list. Yeah, I well, on the OPS list, he's number two. Okay. Um, after after Ruth, uh, at that time. So Ruth wise, um, here's a Gowdy four and one, Ruth in a uh, four point five. I uh, bought this years ago. It's. Uh, it's when he played for the Braves and has Rabbit Ranville on it and some guy, uh, Brant, in the bottom uh, corner, looks to me like Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> he does. That is Rudy Giuliani. That is a spitting image. <laughs> anyway, so uh, that Ruth is one that, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to have. Um, this is a card I have on consignment, but it's the same picture, but I'll just show it. It's a, mm -hmm. a 1.5 of the green Ruth. 
It's a really nice copy. Um, not my card on consignment uh, that I'm going to be moving hopefully soon. Um, but for me, it's the same picture as the, I would rather have this card than the foreign one, frankly. Yeah, I agree. And then the last one I have here is the 33 Gaudi um, full body pose. And this was a good copy. That's the back has some, the back has some glue on it. And so that's why it is right. one, uh, but it looks pretty good for a one. And I bought it a long time ago when I, what I thought was a lot of money at that time, but things have changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think you can go wrong. I mean, Rick just did a video, vintage oddball cards of a beautiful uh, York Caramels Ruth he picked up. I mean, can't go wrong. Jay Stottlemyre, he's got great. Jay and Rick, and Rick spot one of Jay's former cards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so, Ted Williams we, cards. Yeah, we got to show some Ted. I mean, he's the guy that made the list, and he didn't put himself on the list. So, it's kind of surprising. Because he's, he's a little bit arrogant. Oh, yeah. I mean, I imagine that he probably would have. I mean, he knows he's on the list, right? I mean, he knows. I think so. Other than Bonds, I mean, I think if you're talking about the greatest hitters of all time, all-around hitters, it's it's Williams and Ruth. And, I mean, and Bonds can be in the conversation if you want him to be. But if it's not one of those three guys, I have no idea who it would be. Right. So what did you pull out this year? I'm waiting for you to show me some tags. All right. On too many cards. Well, I'll go with the uh, the fifty four where he's got two. On the set and the last one. So what do you got there? You got a PSA four point five of the orange. Uh, four point five in the orange and two point five in the yellow. And the yellow actually looks nicer, except somewhere on here. See, that's when you know it's a good card when you can't find where the crease is, but you know there's one on here. Yeah, if you say oh, to yourself, why is that a 2.5 or whatever? I, you're like, I know I've seen it before. I just, oh, there it is. <laughs> so it took me a while to find it. There's a slight crease going here, but that's the beauty of buying a because if it takes you freaking a minute to find the crease. Oh, yeah. And uh, I personally like the yellow one better than the orange. I like both, obviously. But mm -hmm. if I could only have one, I'd probably go with the. Yeah, and he bookends the set first yeah. card, and I think two hundred and fifty, beautiful cards. Yeah, number. You, yep, you nailed it. What do you have? I uh, <laughs> I'm a big Ted Williams guy. Um, here's the fifty-four Bowman. In a three. Yeah, it's a nice one. I mean, it's it's not perfect, but it's it's a three. But man, I, I liked that the color was good. It's just the rounded corners that make it a three, and you know, it's a short print. I believe who who they put was it Bobby Doerr, Johnny Pesky that they replaced him with. There's a guy that used to host this show that liked that card so much he bought it in SGC. He's a PSA. Yeah, he broke down. He did. I'm looking for my SGC stuff, but of this stuff, I don't have uh, SGC stuff, but I wouldn't wouldn't be averse to it. Here's a Burke Ross 52 Burke Ross. That's a four and a half. This is like, this card wasn't, again, wasn't expensive a long time ago. Burke Ross was kind of poo-pooed by the collecting community for a long, long time. And then people realized, man, there aren't, there's not a Ted Williams 52 card. Right. This is the only one. So uh, it's really nice with the blue background, the blue and the red. And um, anyway, do you have any more, Don? Yeah, I got the, uh, I got the 57. Mm. I love that, man. He hit 388 that year, I think. And he won the batting title and he was like 38 years old. These years, man. 345, 356, 345, 407, 400, 318, 373, 43, 369, 343, 340. Oh my God, he never hit under 300. At least prior to this. I guess that's why he's the author of the list. Yeah. One of my favorite sets, 56. That's a great one. Really nice. Born 1918. And then I think you might be showing this card because you mentioned you have some of the older Bowmans, but I do have the 50 head. Oh, that's nice. I do not. I have a 51 Bowman, but I do not have a 50 Bowman. Man, that's a great card. Yeah. So great. that's the extent of my Ted collection. Well, I got one more to show you, and it's probably one of my best cards in my collection. So, oh, yeah. 39 play ball Ted Williams and a 4.5. 
and I got this years ago at the Long Beach show, but I just couldn't. I saw the centering on this thing, and I'm like, I got to buy this now because somebody's going to come in and buy this card in like 30 minutes if I don't get on it. But anyway. I don't uh, typically like black and white cars, but that one's awesome. Yeah, it's it's it. it's quite a card, and I, I think it's probably going to be nine on the back. Follow through. It's just, and he's young. Oh yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like the black and white cards too. I I get it, but this is your only. This is the Ted Williams rookie. There's no alternative rookie that I know of. This is it. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's a card that'll. I'll, <laughs> it's a, it's one I'll keep forever, I think. Um, so we included the list. We included Ted. Who are some guys? Obviously, the guys he, he didn't seem like uh, didn't really see Pujols' his career, but maybe that he would have seen that you thought surprised he didn't pick that guy. Like I have one glaring one. Yeah, I did too, and I bet we have the same guy. He's a pirate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why is Hannes Wagner not on the list? Oh, you put Clemente. No, I picked Stardrill. Oh, Clemente was my pick. Okay, okay, yeah, because I was I was thinking in in that era, like he didn't have Banks, he didn't have K Line, he didn't have Clemente, not Killebrew. Yeah, um, and I I guess when you look at that era, the only guys he picked out of that era were Aaron Mays and Mantle. And again, the top twenty is like, who's he going to throw out? (laughs) Like, yeah, big twenty players. I mean, I know. You know, he he went with what he knew and what was his era in a little bit before, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know that like like for Hank Greenberg, for example, I put on there that I saw that apparently he talked about hitting with uh, with Hank Greenberg the most of anybody in his entire life. He would talk with Hank Greenberg all the time about hitting, but I was surprised that he did not put in Honus Wagner. I was surprised Wagner was in there, Sisler, Hack Wilson. Those were, but but Wagner to me was like a glaring omission. I was pulling out, like, I don't have a Wagner. I'm pulling out, like, you know, Hall of Fame greats cards and stuff like that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Wagner's not on the list. I thought he would have Wagner. I thought maybe Josh Gibson. And I thought for sure Tony Gwynn was on that list. Yeah, yeah. I I was surprised too. I mean, he even with Rod Carew, he was on Sports Illustrated cover in '77. Carew was going after 400, you know. So he had relationships with these players of like Rose Carew's generation and Gwyn's generation. But I think with this list, he kind of kept to what he knew, and uh, I can't say that it's wrong. I mean, no. it's better than we do. No, and, and who are you and I to argue with Ted Williams? <laughs> the greatest, in not. And um, but man, this was fun. You know, it was, uh, like I said, I was just looking for something a little different. We weren't on here to talk about the same old thing. And I, I think that's what makes YouTube and, and podcasts I everything mean, great. You, you don't have to keep buying cards. There's always some story you can tell with the cards you have. If you just do a little bit of research. Yeah. Can- and it was a great idea you had because, I mean, you know, it's for me or you to be the narrator or make a list. It's one thing. But for Ted Williams, for the Splendid Splinter to make a list. It's easy for us to follow it, and I don't think there's a whole lot of argument. We didn't have to do much with it. So, <laughs> Mike, uh, appreciate you letting us two, uh, two guys get on here. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks again, and uh, keep collecting, and I hope everybody has a great holiday. All right. Take care, guys.